Our lives are affected by the relationships we choose to have. They can help us or they can hurt us. This is the second message in the series, Whose Friend Are You? This message is entitled, Be Considerate. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. I want to talk to us about being considerate. We started last weekend by talking about the power, the importance of relationships and how they're so valuable in your life and how your life is, is really formed by the people that are around you. And early on in life, you don't have much choice about the people that are around you. You kind of get stuck with whoever's there, whoever you're in, in school with or whoever you're, you have in your family, your extended family. And so you're not making lots of choices about relationships, but the older you get, the more opportunity you have to actually make choices about who will be in your life and who will not be in your life. And it's always important to remember that whoever is in your life, whether you realize it or not, they are shaping your life, that they're having an impact upon you. In fact, it's been said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And that's really true. If we take a look at whose friends, who, 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 the, who the folks are that are around you, they're shaping you far more than you realize. And so I think a lot of people go through life very passively just sort of making friendships with whoever happens to be there. And so they never take much time to proactively think about, about who, do, who, who do I need to pursue in terms of friendships? What does this need to look like in my life? And they're never proactive in their choice of friends. And so I, I wanted to do this series of messages, and the title of it, Whose Friend Are You? And it's really not so much about, uh, about the friendships that, that you are going after. It's about who you are as a person, because who you are as a person will affect the kind of people that you surround yourself with. And so uh, I'm talking to you about really who you are. How do you filter your friends primarily on the basis of who you are as a person, who you are as an individual? because who you are attracts who's around you. I tell you, it's very important. And we talked last weekend about getting grounded and the importance of having certain kind of grounding points in your life because you've established certain things that are just basically no compromise zones. You've established your value system, who you are, you know who you are in Christ, you know what you're going after, what your values are, all those things we talked about last week. And I would encourage you, if you missed that message, to go back and actually uh, listen to it again. It's free on the website uh, for you to take note of. But we talked about the importance of getting grounded. But I want to talk now, we're going to kind of turn a corner from that getting grounded to talk about some actual skills that are needed, some attitudes that need to be in your life if you're going to attract the right people, because you can be grounded and still be a jerk. You can be grounded and still be the kind of, I've known a lot of people who are well grounded. They believed in the Bible, they believed in Jesus, but they weren't very nice people, okay? And have you ever met any unnice Christians? Don't look at the person beside you right now, okay? <laughs> Ever met someone before? They, they had all the right beliefs and all the right values, but the way they lived their life, the way they communicated, the way they dealt with people, it really wasn't something that you really wanted to be. They just weren't nice. So it's not enough just to get grounded in the right kind of values and beliefs. It's really important if you're going to please God and if you're going to actually uh, attract the right kind of people to your life that you have to learn how to be nice. Because we talked last weekend about making sure you get the right people in the car with you. Remember we talked about that, right? Getting the right people in the car with you. But, but it's important that if you get the right people in the car with you that you're not a difficult person in that car. That you're not like, have you ever gone on a trip with a difficult person before? 
I mean, they're, they're, I mean, every, nothing makes them happy, and, and you know, they've got to only stop at certain places, and they have to, and, and everything's on their agenda, and so it's, you're traveling through life with people, and so hopefully by your grounding, you're attracting the right people, but you'll never keep the right people in the car with you if you're not nice. Why don't you turn to that friend through your mask right now and say, be nice, just say, be nice, okay? Be nice. And so I want to talk about being nice. Listen to this passage that it says in Proverbs. Chapter 18, verse 24. A man who has friends must himself be what? Friendly, okay? Let me give you another word for that. Are you ready? Nice, okay? A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And what is his name? Jesus. Do you know that Jesus is nice? Jesus is nice. Ask the adulterous woman that came to him being cast down by the Pharisees. She found out Jesus is nice. Ask Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, who is crying out for healing on the roadside, and Jesus comes along and heals him. He discovered Jesus is really nice. And ask the man at the pool of Bethesda who had been sick for 38 years, and Jesus said, you want to get well? He finds a seal, and Jesus is nice, and so if we're going to be like Jesus, we have to be friendly. We have to be, say it with me again, nice. We have to learn how to be nice, and part of being nice is the word that I want to introduce to you this weekend, and that is the word consideration or being considerate. Would you say that word with me? Be considerate. I don't think I've ever met a person in life that was more considerate than my mom. My mom was the kind of person who was always thinking about other people, always thinking about how her words were going to impact other people. She was a great diplomat. She knew how to form her words in such a way to communicate her point without necessarily doing it in an angry way or an irritated way. And not to say that she was perfect, but I, I rarely remember points of times in her life that she raised her voice or she was in any way agitated, but she, she knew how to get her point across, but she lived with a spirit of consideration. And the word consideration means that you consider, you think about how your actions and your words and your attitudes are actually impacting others. Do you know how few people ever go through life thinking about how their actions or how their words or how their, how, how their attitudes impact other people? We live in a culture that is void of consideration. It is void of thinking about the impact. We live in a very inconsiderate world, very inconsiderate world. And the Bible is really big on consideration. It's very big on thinking about how we're impacting others. Here's some verses. Philippians 4, verse 5. Let everyone see that you are unselfish and what else? Considerate in all you do. Remember that the Lord is coming soon. So we're, 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 we're challenged with this passage. Notice what it says here in Titus 3, verse 2. And remind them to never tear down anyone with their words or quarrel, but instead be considerate, hump, humble, and courteous to everyone. Take a look at this one. 1 Peter 3, verse 7. This is for the husbands in the, in the room. And so all the wives, get ready to get your elbows out. Are you ready for this? Okay. Husbands, in the same way, be 
Consider it as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Ladies, can I ask you, would your, would your home be better if your husband was a little more considerate? Oh, we got some amens on that one, okay? And could I, I think we can fairly do so. Men, would your household be a little better if you had a little more consideration from your wife? Amen, okay? Are you seeing this is extremely, extremely important? Take a look at what the Bible says about love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5, it says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. I think we could put all those descriptions of love under one word, and that word would be consideration. You're thinking about your impact upon others. And so I want to share with you very quickly tonight because there, there, there are 10 points I want to give you, and, and we'll go through them very quickly. And so don't get uh, nervous about how long we're going to be in church. I promise it'll be the same amount of time, and we'll get out in, our, in, a, in an appropriate period of time. But there are 10 things that I want to share with you this weekend about consideration. What does a considerate person look like? What are 10 characteristics of, of being considerate of others. First of all, does everybody understand what consideration means, right? You're being considerate. You think about your impact on other people, that you slow down enough to say, what are my words going to do to this person? What are my actions going to do to this person? What are my attitudes going to do to this person? Not about me, but about them, okay? I'm considering this. And again, this is in so many ways a description, I believe, of my Mom, number one, the first thing that consideration involves is you got to learn to treat people respectfully. Respect is communicated by the way you treat someone, by the way that you speak to someone. And all of us kind of know in our own life when we're being treated respectfully and when we're being treated disrespectfully. Because a respectful person treats every other human being, not just the people they like and not just the people they're close to. They treat everybody with dignity and worth. I think you would agree with me that in the sight of God, every human being has dignity and worth and has a right to be treated, an appropriate uh, expectation to be treated with dignity and worth, no matter who they are, and to, to, to really be respectful of their possessions and respectful of their time and respectful of their position and respectful of their feelings. And in our world today, we live in such a disrespect society. That we don't treat people with dignity and worth oftentimes, and we don't take time to consider the, 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 the possessions of another person, the time of another person, the position of another person, the feelings of, of another person. I was having a conversation with someone this week, and we were talking about the good old days, if you will. In the good old days, when I was a little kid, I never called an adult by their first name. My mom taught me, no, this is Mr. Smith or Mrs. Smith, and this was something that was, was reared into me. I understood that that was the expectation. Why? Not because it was just trying to be formal. It was because it was an element of respect to the elders, an element of respect to those who have gone before you, and so we've lost so much of that. And I'm not saying that that has to be resurrected, but what I'm saying, the attitude needs to be resurrected. Would you agree? 
Disrespect is a horrible thing in our world today. And so when you are a considerate person, you treat people how? Respectfully. Let's go to the next one. The second thing. This is like, this is like 101 stuff here, okay? But, you know, sometimes in, in, in the world, we need some 101 stuff. Is that correct? Okay. Read the second one with me. What does a considerate person do? They practice what? Good manners. My goodness, we have lost that capacity in our world today to just basically have some good manners, to simply be polite to the people around us. What does it mean to be polite? Let me go back to the 101. It means you say things like, please and thank you, okay? I'm amazed how I will often go into a store nowadays and, and I go to pay for something and I'm actually giving them money for the product that I'm receiving and often I have to tell them thank you for selling that to me. Instead of thank you for buying it, I'm having to thank them for selling it to me. You very seldom hear someone take the initiative to communicate the thank you or the please. And this is especially true for all of our families. See, our families would be so much better that if in the context of our homes and environments, we still use please, would you please help me with this? Or thank you for doing that. And when you use that as a husband or a wife or with your children, it has high value. It builds something into the relationship. It's it's responding positively when, when you're spoken to so that when somebody speaks to you, you're actually looking at them and there's a politeness to the conversation, sharing when other people are present. You don't eat a hamburger when somebody else has no food. That's being polite, right? These are basic things, but it's called consideration. And we have to learn these valuable lessons in life because this is the kind of stuff that will make or break a relationship. This is the kind of stuff that makes your car a nice place to be or not so nice place to be. Are are you with me? My mom taught me good manners. My mom taught me the value of being polite and the value of just treating people in a polite way and it's so valuable in Scripture as well. The third thing that we see is that to be a nice person as Jesus calls us to be, as you and I have to be secure in our identity. We talked about that last weekend. That's going to come back time and time again throughout this series because it's so important because Only when you're secure in yourself can you make space for somebody else. Let me say that again. Only when you're secure in yourself are you able to make space for somebody else. Insecure people, generally speaking, when they're in a conversation, they hog the conversation. They focus on themselves. If you're in a conversation with someone who is insecure, you're going to hear three words, I, me, and my. In fact, I would encourage you the next time you're in a conversation with someone just to monitor how many times you say, I, 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 me, me, my, my, me. It's all about you, see? Why? Because often you're trying to attract attention to yourself, and so there's no space given for what's going on in the other person's life. And so it's so valuable to be secure in yourself and bring other people into your world. See, considerate people have what I would call relational peripheral vision. That relationship, they're able to see other people around them and bring them into the circle. Instead of excluding people, they include people. Have you ever been in a room before and you were, maybe it was a, a, a room that you were not familiar with the people there and, and it seemed like somebody in the room cared enough about you to bring you into the group? 
Or there were others around there that could have cared less whether you were there or not, and they kind of excluded you from the group. See, there's a huge difference that you feel in your experience when someone is, is really including you and bringing you in. That's called consideration. It's called, I'm thinking about you. I'm not just thinking about myself. My mom taught me the value of bringing other people into our world and to not just lace my conversations with I and me and my and all about me and everybody look at me and nobody else can talk. Or let me tell you what's the greatest thing in my life. No, it's finding out. It's asking questions. It's learning something about someone else. It's being secure enough in yourself where you can make space for other people. Can I get an amen right there? Okay. Amen. Number four. Anybody learning anything this weekend? Here we go. Number four. If you're going to be considerate, you've got to study people. You got to study people. If you're going to be considerate, which the Bible tells us to be, right? Did we not read that a few moments ago, right? Everybody saw those verses on the screen, right? So we're not talking about something non-biblical. We're talking about something biblical that we're called to be considerate. And so if you're going to be considerate, here's a brilliant thought for you. If you're going to be considerate, you have to consider, right? And consider means that you actually apply yourself. You do some thinking, okay? And part of thinking means that you do some studying, that you need to study people. You need to study something about people in general. How do people behave and what can I learn about people? That should be an ongoing pattern of your entire life. And what more can I learn about people, but not just people in general, but primarily the people in your world? Because you are, if you're going to be considerate to your husband, if you're going to be considerate to your wife, if you're going to be considerate to your friends, if you're going to be considerate to your office mate at work, if you're going to be considerate to your children, children, if you're going to be considerate toward your parents, you have to study them to know what will help and bless them, correct? So how do you know something about someone? You only know it if you study them. And what I mean by studying them is to answer some questions about the people in your world. Thus, do you really know what makes them happy? Do you know what hurts their feelings? Do you know what fills their emotional tanks? Do you understand what drains their emotional tank? Do you understand uh, what experiences may have impacted them in their life so that they may react in certain ways in certain situations that might seem a little unusual? but you understand why because you know where they came from you know something about them and so that's called studying people can I learn something about you that will tell me what makes you happy and what is something that is a blessing in your life what, what, what I might do that could hurt your feelings in that area of sensitivity of your life what can I do that will fill up your emotional tank what do I do that might drain your emotional tank what, what, what's, what's your life been like so I understand where you came from I've studied you enough to know something about you so that when I'm interacting with you that those are the filters that I'm using in my life. I'm using them in a way that's toward your benefit and toward your good. You have to be a student to someone. Now, how do you become a student of people? I'm going to give you three words. You may want to write these down somewhere. You have to watch. Very simple. You have to listen. And you have to then note. You watch people that are around you. Let me watch them. Let me see what happens when 
this occurs in their life. I'm observing them. I'm paying attention to them. And then I'm listening because they're going to give me some information when, when they're talking that will help me to get to know them a little bit better and to know the things that fill their emotional tanks and the things that maybe drain their emotional tanks. And then I have to remember it. I have to note it. I have to fill, create a file. See, I want you to think like this. Every key person in your life, every key person in your life, you should have a mental file for them. In that mental file, you say, okay, this is so-and-so. And in that file, this is what I've watched. This is what I've learned. This is what I've observed. This is what I know about this person based upon what I understand their emotional needs are. And so, whoop, I meet, I'm, I'm interacting with them. Whoop, out comes that file. I'm, I have a file system that I've learned about that person. I go to another person. I've gained a file about them. Why? Because I'm learning about you. I'm learning something about who you are and learning how to better relate to you based upon the needs in your own life. And so you have to be a student of people. Number five, the fifth thing that makes us considerate is to anticipate needs of other people. Have you ever been, I'm sure you have, been to a restaurant uh, and ordered your meal and you had maybe coffee or tea or a soft drink or something and, and, uh, and, and you start with a full glass and it seems like the server goes away and never returns, right? You ever been in that situation before? Okay. Like that you're just, you're in, you're in never, never land right now. They don't even remember that you're there, okay? So there you are trying to have your meal and you need a refill of your, of your iced tea or whatever it might be. You need a real refill of, and there's, there's no attention being given to you, no attention to the needs in your life. And then on the opposite side, there are times that you just can't seem to, to get the iced tea glass past half full because that waiter, that server is right there to take care of you. Do you notice the difference in the feeling? What do you feel when you're having to scramble around for the server to say, where are you? Could I get a glass of iced tea? Is it okay if I pour it myself? Whatever, what, you know, what can I do here? You're scrambling around to try to get the attention. And then on the other side, what peaceful environment is created and what a blessed environment is created when someone is attending to your needs. Guys, I'll talk to you specifically. This is certainly applicable to ladies as well, but have you ever been in a situation where you're working on something, you're using some tools, and you had a helper there with you, and it seemed as though about the time that you were going to need that screwdriver, your helper already had the screwdriver handing it to you, and it was right there already before you even asked. It was there for you. It was an anticipation of needs. It was attentiveness to needs. It was an anticipation of what was going to be needed. It was so valuable. That comes by consideration. Consideration means you're thinking about other people. Did you know that God is an anticipatory God? Did you know that? I'm going to prove it to you. Look at Isaiah chapter 65, verse 24. Listen to what it says. I will answer them, what's this word here? Before they even call to me. You ever had God answer a prayer before he even prayed it? I've had lots of those moments. I step back, my goodness, I was getting ready to pray about that, and there's the answer already. Why? Because God anticipated what the need is. I will answer them before they even call to me. While they're still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. Aren't you glad you serve a God like that? Now, think about it for a moment. To serve a God like this, an anticipatory God, to be godly means that we become like him. We anticipate the needs of others. Let's go to the next one. Now we're starting to get into the deep water now. Are you ready for this? Read it with me. Listen more than you talk. Let's read it once again. Listen 
more than you talk. Nothing is more inconsiderate than to talk more than you listen. Listening communicates value to a person. Some of the greatest relationships that I have in my life right now with other people that are a part of my world, peers that I have in my life, they started out not because they were impressed with me necessarily, but because I asked them questions and listened to them. And when I began to ask them about themselves and listen to them, it opened up a pathway for a friendship to form. For, for some of us, the reason we don't have better friends is because the f- people get around us and they can't get a word in edgewise. And so because of that, there's no way to build a relationship. Okay? Are you with me this weekend? Okay. So you got to listen more than you talk. And instead of me just telling you about this, let me give you some scriptures that will underscore what I'm saying to you. These are wonderful scriptures. Look at what it says in Proverbs 10, 19, and 20. It starts out with, don't, we pretty much could stop right there, couldn't we? Okay. <laughs> don't talk so much. You keep putting your foot in your mouth. Be sensible and turn off the flow. When a good man speaks, he's worth listening to, but the words of fools are a dime a dozen. Look at Proverbs 17. The man of few words and settled mind is wise. Therefore, even a fool is thought to be wise when he is silent. Here's a little secret for you. Just keep your mouth shut and people will think you're smart. That's all you have to do, okay? Because when you open up your mouth, you just dispel all questions. You, you, you now, they know exactly what's going on with you, right? So even a fool is thought to be wise when he's silent. It pays him to keep his mouth shut. Okay, let's go now to Proverbs chapter 21. Watch your words and hold your tongue. You'll save yourself a lot of grief. True? God's word. One last verse here. James chapter 1, verse 19. Dear brothers, don't, don't ever forget that it is best to listen much and speak little. It's called consideration. That's all it is. And so what I'm trying to help us to understand is that relationships aren't really that hard to develop, but you have to have some skill set. You have to be grounded, but you also have to be nice, okay? And being nice means you're considerate to others. Let's go to number seven. I told you we're going to get out of here in plenty of time, all right? Number seven. This, this links in with the, what I've just talked about, but it's, it's, it's another thing that I want to add to it because if you're a person that is listening, then you need to be thinking before you speak, right? In other words, not just speaking to speak, but you're actually thinking before you speak. It's sort of an expansion to the last point. So I'm going to provide for you something some of you may have seen before, but, and I've actually preached on this before, but I want to bring it back to our attention again this weekend as we're kind of practically talking about relationships. What does it mean to think before you speak? And I'm not sure if this is on your notes or not. I think it might be. But uh, the T, think, just always, here, before I'm going to say something, let me think. Okay, right? With me? Before I blab something out, let me stop for a moment and consider. Let me stop for a moment what I'm about to say and let me think, okay, a little bit. Let me use my, my brain before my mouth goes in gear, okay? Before I start blabbing something, let me make sure I've thought through it. So 
the first thing the T stands for before you say anything, you say, is it true, okay? It's what I'm about to say here because, by the way, that's where a lot of gossip gets started, right? You ever had somebody say something that wasn't true about you, okay? And it's blabbing here and blabbing there, but it wasn't even true. And so that would have stopped and will stop a lot of issues in life. So first of all, is it true? I'm not going to say anything if it's not true. And then H, is it helpful? That would cure a lot of our conversations right there, right? Is it true? Is it helpful? Is what I'm about to say going to help the situation or is it going to hurt the situation? I'm only going to speak it if it's going to help. The I, is it inspiring? Is it going to lift? See, inspiration, that word means to put breath into. Is it going to lift or put breath into this situation or is it going to draw breath away? Have you ever walked into a, been in a room where someone walked in and because of their attitude just sucked all the air out of the room? And then on the other side of the coin, somebody walks in and they put air into the room just by reason of who they are and the way that they speak. So is it, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? And then is it necessary? You know, that really would cure a lot of what we say. A lot of what we say is not even necessary to say. We don't need to say it. And then K, is it what? Is it kind? Is it the is it the kind of thing that communicates kindness in the way that you communicate it to other people? So you watch your words and you think before you speak. Here's our next one together, okay? Number eight, be a contributor, not just a consumer. What do we mean by that? Considerate people understand that the things they benefit from cost somebody something. Let me say that again. Did you hear that? How many of you know that if you benefit from something, you benefited from it because it cost somebody something? It cost them their time. It cost them their energy. It may have cost them their money. But you benefit because it cost somebody. If, uh, for, for kids, for example, you sit down around the, the, around the dinner table. Guess what? You benefit from the, bit from the dinner table because mom and dad sacrificed, they worked, they went out and did their job so that the food would be on the table, right? And so we have to remember consideration means thinking about how did this happen. It does see, uh, as we've used the phrase before, money doesn't grow on trees. You don't just go in the backyard and pick out the next $100 bill. It doesn't exist there. And so blessings in life come because of sacrifices and things that people do in life. And so being a contributor says, I understand that, 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 that I'm benefiting from something that costs somebody else something. And so I want to be a person that's not just consuming stuff around me, but I also want to bring something to the table myself. Can I get an amen right there? Okay. What can I bring to the table? And it gets really practical. Practical like at home. How many know that the homes don't clean themselves? Right? This is good preaching tonight, isn't it? Okay. Thank you, Mom. Good preaching tonight. Homes don't clean themselves. And so if everybody goes to the dinner table and it's all over with and everybody hops up and takes off and to, to the television room or to, to other places and, 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 and Mom's left in the kitchen with all the dirty dishes, how I many you know that's not considerate? Come on now, okay? Come on now. I'm preaching, okay? This is the truth, okay? Somebody liked that really well, okay? 
And it, it has so many other applications. And so it means that we, we chip in and we help and we realize if I'm going to be a part of this group, the same as, as, as a church. You know that you're sitting in a building right now. Right now we're in a place and those that are watching online are watching by, by video now because people have given over the years so this can exist right here. You're benefiting. The seats that you're sitting in, somebody paid for. Okay? The video feed that you're getting right now, they're getting it because somebody paid for it. So you're receiving the benefit benefit of somebody that has contributed, and at some point in time in your life, you have to say, I'm not just going to be a consumer anymore. I'm going to be a contributor. It's been said that you know that somebody is growing up when they trade their bib for an apron. And there are a lot of people who are still walking around. They're 50 years old. They have a bib on. Feed me, feed me, feed me. Take care of me. But at some point in time, you put an apron on. It means you get in the kitchen and you get to work with something. You do something. And so consideration means that I'm thinking about how I can contribute, not just how I can consume. Notice Galatians, as it says it so clearly here. For each one should carry their own load. It gets tiring when you're carrying everybody's load for them, right? Each one should carry their own load. Let's go two more. Number nine, considerate people give people what? A break. I got a really big announcement for you this weekend. You ready for it? Nobody is perfect. Okay. Nobody is perfect. What that means is this. It means everybody has bad days. Sometimes we have bad seasons. We go through some tough times in life. Sometimes we don't feel all that well. There are things that happen in life that's just a part of real life, and everybody needs a break from time to time. I don't mean a break as in like a vacation. I'm talking about, I'm going to give you a break. It's, we, it's like, you know, no problem. I understand what's going on here. And part of being considered involves knowing when and how to, to give somebody a break. It means understanding what's going on with another person and forgiving another person and being patient with them and forbearing with them when they're stressed or when they're, when they're going through a time of just being moody and irritable. Some of you have that issue in your life from time to time. Giving people a break when they're going through time when they're, maybe they're just wrong or they failed in some way. And so the key thing to be a considerate person is don't just judge a person on the basis of one day or one season of their life. No, give people the opportunity to be human. Do you, do you want the opportunity to be human in your life? Of course you do. And so consideration means that we give people a break. We're considerate. We, we don't demand perfection out of people all the time. Notice Ephesians 4, 32. Be kind and compassionate. We could very much insert a word there, consider. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as what? In Christ, God forgave you. You're glad that Jesus gives you a break. Through his blood, through his forgiveness, through his grace, he gives you the ability to have a better day than you had. When you have a bad day, he doesn't cast you out of the kingdom and say, you know what, come back when you get it all together. No, he works with you through your bad days and your ups and your downs of life. And so you and I, if we're going to be considerate, we have to do the same. Here's my final point for the weekend. Learn, if you're going to be considerate, learn to apologize appropriately. Considerate people recognize that their attitudes and their actions and their words hurt and inconvenience other people at times. We all know it when we hurt somebody's feelings. 
least we should know it. We should gain more information about that. And sometimes by our actions, we inconvenience other people, right? We put them out by what we do. And so I'm not talking about just walking around all the time and apologizing for everything as though the whole, all the problems of the world are your fault. I'm not, that's an unhealthy approach to life. But you ought to be sensitive enough, we ought to be sensitive enough to realize that when we do something that has a negative impact upon another person, we, say, we, we, we understand this phrase, I'm sorry. Say it with me. I'm sorry. Okay? And there's so many people that feel like if they say those words if those words ever come out of their mouth, I'm sorry that they're going to die of a heart attack or something. <laughs> this is the worst thing in the world to have to say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I was wrong. What I pray for all of us is that in your life that you'll get comfortable using the phrase, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I was wrong. Because when you say, I'm sorry, what you're doing is you're opening a door for the, re- for the reconciliation of a relationship. Even if, it may have been a small little thing that you did that hurt somebody's feelings, but when you come back to them and say, hey, you know, Joe, the other day when I said such and such to you, I just want you to know, I was, I was thinking about that, and I'm really sorry I said that. I'm sorry that hurt your feelings. And, and, and you gotta know how to apologize the right way. Apologizing the right way is like, not like this. If I did anything wrong, please forgive me. You just negated the whole thing right there. Because what you did just then is you did something really wrong then. Okay. And so you have to learn to apologize with true humility, with the ability of saying, you know what, I'm not, I'm not here to protect myself. I'm here to say to you, you know what, I messed up. And I'm asking you genuinely to forgive me because I know I hurt your feelings or I know that I didn't hold up my end of the bargain. That's called consideration. I thought about it. I thought about how my actions impacted you. And yes, I shouldn't have done it on the front end, but now even after I've thought about it, I now am considerate enough to come back to you and tell you that I'm sorry that I am wrong. What we're learning is this. We're learning that Jesus, our Savior, is a nice Savior. He loves us, and he treats us with, with consideration. That's what Hebrews 4, chapter 4 is all about. I referenced earlier. He knows how to be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. We can still come to him boldly because he's a considerate, compassionate Savior. So my challenge to you is this. As you're getting grounded, as you're starting to get people in the car with you, two little words. Are you ready for them again? Be nice. Just be nice. Be considerate. Think about the impact of your words, think about the impact of your attitudes, and think about the impact of your actions on on others. And if we do that, our families will be better, our world will be better, our church will be better. Every relationship in your life will be better. Would you pray with me right now? Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity we've had this weekend to study your word. We're grateful for your your kindness to us, Jesus. We thank you that you're, you're nice to us, Lord. That you love us with a love that goes beyond anything that we can imagine. Lord, we know that part of love is being considerate toward others. And we pray that you would help us to to develop that quality in our lives of consideration. May we practice it. May we learn it. And may we benefit from it. May all the relationships of our life be seasoned with consideration. For that, we thank you. In Jesus' name. 
I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus, I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out and you become a new creation. All things pass away, all things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.